Hey, Maggie. Hey, Anna. How was your weekend? I went to a cabaret. <gasps> were you at the cabaret at the Pescadrome? Yeah, where you were. I saw you there. <laughs> of course we were there. <laughs> Roaming Theater Collaborative put on an evening of various acts and, and yeah. aerialists. And Poetry reading. It was funny. It was sad. There was violence. There was violence. And there were sparks coming off of the swords. And I was into that. Yes, that was very cool. So Roaming Theater Collaborative is a relatively new group, a conglomeration of some of our most talented young artists coming together. We've got uh, Lindsay Twig and Danielle Draper. We also have Karen Baltzley. Lucas Nelson, Harrison Derbyshire. I love it. This is just a recipe for success. Absolutely. So we're going to hear right now one of their skits they did. It was super funny, and you and I love the twist. Definitely. And it is is uh, written to be radio play, so they had us record it. And here you go. We're very happy to see all of our friends of the pod. Yay! Thank you. So for the audience listening in on the uh, recording, we've just had a lovely night at Fishbone Pescadrome, uh, a cabaret sponsored by Roaming Theater Collaboratives. That's us. We've had aerials. We've had uh, dance and heels and poetry and storytelling. And what else am I? Original work by you. And original work by some of us. And also a stage fight. It's yeah. been great. That was hot. There were sparks. There were sparks. Yeah, literally. Two, two there were sparks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching this time. So, Maggie, what's next? So, next, I'm very excited to introduce another original piece by one of our friends of the pod, Harrison Derbyshire. And the piece is called Whipped. 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 Promising. Please enjoy. <laughs> Interior, kitchen, night. Jackson, male, 20s, stands at the counter staring at his phone and texting, the click-click of his keyboard, the only sound amongst the silence. Sydney, female, 20s, sits on the counter nearby, sipping a cup of coffee as she stares at Jackson, her eye twitching more violently with every click. This goes on for a minute. Finally, her eye stops twitching as they bug out and her hand goes up in the air before plummeting down, bashing the phone out of Jackson's hand. What the hell? I'm over this. You have been glued to that stupid thing all night. Yeah, because I'm trying not to piss her off. Why? You said you were finally going to end things two weeks ago. Why do you care if you piss her off? Just fucking end it. I was. I, I am. You just, yes. You, you just, just what? You just have little balls? You're just a little bitch? Oh, God, how many times have you said you were going to end it? It's not as simple as that, and you know it. Jackson bends over to pick up his phone. No, I don't know that. Because from where I am, it looks like all you have to do is say, Monica, it's over. Pack your shit and get out. And then it's over. Every time I try to start the conversation, she does something or she says something and it just, it throws me off balance. I just need more time to... to No, you have plenty of time. Just do it. Well, I'm sorry I'm not a sociopath like you, okay? I'm sorry I can't just end a relationship like it's nothing. As much as I want to be like you, I'm not. Jackson turns his head away from Sydney. She takes a deep breath and hops off the counter. She walks past him, tapping him on the shoulder as she goes. Come on. She exits the kitchen as Jackson slowly follows. Interior living room, same time. I'm sorry, okay? You do what you want. I'll stop bringing it up. Let's just finish and I'll buy you a beer. 
Yeah, okay. Well, you feel like talking yet? Sydney turns to the center of the room, and we see Francis, uh, late 20s, tied to a chair with a gag in his mouth. Francis nods his head. Sydney removes the gag. He takes a a great breath and stretches his mouth a bit. You shouldn't be so hard on him. I'm sorry, what? Look, I can understand where you are coming from, but you have to realize that it's not as simple as him just telling her it's over. Thank you! See, in relationships like this, and I apologize for making assumptions based on the little bit of conversation I overheard, but oftentimes the abusive partner, and that can mean emotionally and mentally abusive, not necessarily physically, create an environment where even though the person being abused is miserable, their insecurities and fear of being alone are preyed upon, creating an emotional dependency that can function similar to an addiction. You know it's bad for you, but the fear of not getting your fix or of the consequences of ending your use can keep people trapped in a terrible situation until mental and emotional toll become too much to bear. Man, you are so right. That's exactly what it feels like. Oh, God, don't engage him! But, on the other side of that, you shouldn't be too frustrated or short with her. Francis nods towards Sydney. Wait, what? She's not upset at you because you're with this person. She's scared because she can see how it's negatively affecting you. And her pushing you to end it is coming from a place of care and concern because she knows that the longer you are with this person, the more you are going to spiral downwards. She's expressing this fear as anger. But in reality, she just knows that it's all she can really do because it has to be you who ends it. And she can only stand by and try to encourage you, which can be very frustrating and scary. Finally, thank you. Someone with some goddamn sense. What you both need to do is give yourselves the freedom to be scared and understand that things like this can only take time. And they can be really messy. Jackson and Sydney both look at each other, taking a moment together to process what is being told to them. Francis turns his full attention to Jackson. What you need to start letting yourself do is embrace the fear of being alone. Because once you really open up to it and stop holding it back, you'll realize that there isn't anything to be afraid of. And that being alone for a while is a good thing. Because you'll be able to focus on yourself and begin to heal your mind from and body from the toll being taken on you by this very toxic person. You have to look out for number one first. And then you can end it knowing... Jackson whips out his pistol and shoots Francis, who topples backwards in the chair. Fucking shit! He didn't tell us where his boss is yet, asshole! It was starting to get on my nerves. Oh, God, really? You were loving it when he was telling me that I was wrong? Yeah, well, then he just kept spouting off. Jesus, you are such a baby. The second he stops telling you that you're right and I'm wrong, you throw a fucking tantrum. You were getting pissed when he was telling you to lay off, so don't act like it's just me. Yeah? but I didn't shoot him before he told us the information that we actually needed. Sydney throws her hands up and walks away. Both stand in silence. You know, he was right. About what? I'm not angry at you. I'm just sick of seeing you so miserable. Jackson turns to look at her. I know. I know, okay? I just... I'm afraid of what happens if I end it. It's been so long since I've been alone. Sydney turns to look at Jackson. You're not alone. You have me. We're partners. Till one or both of us die, or till we kill each other. I know. Sydney walks back over to Jackson. Do you want to end it right? I really do. 
I'm just scared about what she does after I do it. Sydney puts her hand on his shoulder. Then let's go. She starts to walk away. Where? You're going to break up with her, and then I'm going to kill her, and then we're going to dispose of it together. You mean it? Sydney looks at him and motions towards the door with her head. Come on. Francis groans from the floor. Jackson doesn't even turn to look at him and shoots him two more times. What about finding his boss? We can ask one of his associates tomorrow. Let's just go make you single. The two walk out of the room, the front door opening and closing, the only sound. The end. Wow, Maggie. I love the violence. I love the violence, too. I love when it took a violent turn. I know. Every violent turn I was into. Congratulations, guys. Great work. Now, tell us a little bit about not only this piece, but all of the pieces together in this event. Because you've done a a full cabaret performance with a ton of different genres. It's a really, really successful idea. Tell us where you got this and how you put it together. Well, my personal one-liner for the evening was that we wanted to play an event that we would all want to attend. So I hope that everyone had a wonderful evening and that they got to see a very like wide variety of shows that you maybe don't necessarily see in Santa Barbara on a daily basis. And I guess uh, my thinking was each of us invited performers. Uh, these are people we knew from our community and our friends, and we, you know, we've been inspired by them. So we wanted to share their talents with all of you. Artists feeding other artists. Ah, yes. food for the journey. And and was how does this feed into your feed into your other goals, broader goals as an organization? That's a good question. Who wants to take that? <laughs> well, we've got a couple ideas. <laughs> um we do, yeah, we've, we've got a lot of goals. I mean, we're young and ambitious and we just want to do, we're stupid and we want to do all the things. Um, so kind of like each of us has our own little goal that we want to achieve, um, within the next couple of years. Uh, personally, I'm working on a mental illness piece because it's just something that's not being talked about enough. Um, I envision something like, you know, a couple trying to have a relationship, but they're both dealing with their own shit. And that's being, uh, in, like personified by another actor who's kind of their, uh, mental illness monster who's, you know, holding them down, <laughs> telling them it's too scary, things like that. Hmm. Um, and so that's something we're workshopping, but I'm taking my time with it because it's a, it's a gentle, it's a delicate subject. Yeah. You know? yeah. Mm-hmm. And ideally, these are the kind of projects that we want to be able to perform not only here in Santa Barbara and share with our community, but also take them to fringe festivals around the country, like Hollywood Fringe locally. Um, if we could, you know, set our sights on doing New York Fringe Festival or... Well, you, you know, know, there's the Fort Collins Festival, too. That's a thing. So you're writing, you're, produce, you're writing new pieces, Absolutely. you're producing new pieces, and then you're also acting in them. So it's sort of like a... a Incestuous yeah. relationship. Well, <laughs> I was going to say, but a healthy one. Super symbiotic. We're all very multifaceted artists, and so we really want to showcase that 
you know, we yeah. have writers amongst us, we have actors amongst us, we have technicians amongst us, stage managers, and we want to give us all a chance to flex those different muscles for different projects. I mean, and we all work more or less in the theater industry in Santa Barbara. Mm -hmm. uh, most of mm -hmm. us as house managers or technical directors. And we have so many more ideas and things we'd like to work on. And so we thought, why not just do it ourselves? Now, do you exactly. see this becoming something that you do like seasonally, you know, do another one in the spring, do another one in the fall? Is this something that you see yourself repeating with different acts? The cabaret or other yeah, projects? Yeah, the cabaret. The well, cab I hope mm. that you keep doing other projects, but the cabaret. <laughs> so do we. Oh, yeah. well, we hadn't gotten that far, but uh, <laughs> let's do one in the fall, yeah? I say after, after yeah. a wonderful evening and the very successful mm -hmm. evening that we've had this, this evening, I think it would be very reasonable to expect another cabaret evening uh, for right. a movie theater collaboration. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's great. Thank you guys so much for allowing so many of our local artists to come and workshop and show off what they've been working on and producing. It's a pleasure and a delight to have you guys in the community. Yes. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. Yay. All right. Thank you guys for listening and, and staying and being here. Does anyone have any questions for this, this group? Ooh, Any comments? Questions, questions comments, questions. Yelp reviews? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yelp yeah, reviews. This is going to be a tough yeah. question. You ready? Yeah. Okay. How are you so awesome? <laughs> well, oh shucks. They were well, born that way. My mom told me when I was growing up. <laughs> <laughs> the moment they put a sword in his hand, he knew. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you know that's my middle name? <laughs> Once we all kind of found each other and realized that the five of us all had very similar goals. Um, that was, I felt like a sign for us to get mm. together. And we followed that sign and we are pursuing it as hard as we can. Yeah. So that's what we're doing is trying to do what makes us happy. Yeah. yeah. That's what makes it easy. Yeah. Okay, that's what makes it easy. One more question. What makes it hard? Uh, the high heels. Ego. I was watching the high heels. ladies in the high heels. Ignorance. That was a moment. Complete ignorance. <laughs> I am not from Santa Barbara. I don't know all of the ins yeah. and outs. And there are many other, many other facets to producing events and producing live mm -hmm. events that we are so young and simply don't know about yet. Um, so but that's the best way to learn is to just... Do it. Do it. Yeah. It yeah. Be found. It, to that, I have to say, I've never seen mm -hmm. anything here run as on time mm -hmm. as this. God <laughs> Two for two. You guys are awesome. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we all are pretty much house managers. There's three house managers on this. Yeah, not all of us, the three. Right. House managers, stage managers, they're all in one. So. We keep the evening tidy. <laughs> yeah. Do you mind saying their ages? Sure. Uh, left yeah. or right, Lindsay. Uh, I am Lindsay, I am 24. I am Lucas, I am 23, about to be 24. I'm Danielle, I'm 25. <laughs> I'm Karen. I am also 24. I'm Harrison. Now I don't want to say. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, we all did. I'm 28, about to be 29. Oh, that's so long. Yeah. <laughs> and Asian. we at theatrics have passed the point where it's polite to ask, so don't. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, right. do we have any other questions? Any other comments? Any mm -hmm. other goodwill to just, offer? Just, I'm glad you guys found us. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. And we're so mm -hmm. glad Thank you guys so have been much. so supportive of us. Yeah, the Fishbone has been, uh, we did no exit here uh, back September. in September. If 
anyone wasn't here for that. And uh, just the experience of working at Fishbone with these amazing people, it's been just such a delight. And thank you for having us back. That yes. was awesome. Yes, yes, and we look forward to coming back if yeah. you have us. Oh, we have one more question. What's your next project? Oh. What are you working on next? Cheese and crackers. Uh, new work for the spring. Mm. We don't know what that is, but we'll let you know. Yeah, we've got several ideas. Um, I'm, like Lindsay mentioned earlier, or not Lindsay, Danielle. Hi. Ah, it's been a long night. Um, like Danielle mentioned earlier, she has her um, pet project that she's been working on. I've been developing my own concept for Romeo and Juliet that I would like to do... Probably sometime in the fall, so it's not necessarily our immediate next project, but it's personally my next project. Mm. Um, like they said, we had done No Exit Here back in September, and that was kind of my my baby that I recruited everybody else to perform in. Lindsay, Harrison, and Danielle were my cast for it, and Karen was my wonderful stage manager, and that show also went Hey, 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 she has some lines, too. She did. She was the valet. I was. I forget about the valet, and it's not just... Oh! Not just no, I forget about the valet, too. No. <laughs> <laughs> It's a forecast show, but in my mind, it's a three-cast show. Okay, okay. And then uh, I've, I'm working currently developing a, a satirical play uh, poking fun at Greek and Roman mythology, uh, yes. kind of looking at how the Aeneid by Virgil was basically just a really bad book report on the Odyssey <laughs> by Homer and how that writing process went. Yeah. Wow. I have actually yep. found a it. script that has been written the last three years on gun control. Um, set in Midwest America, and I think it would be a really interesting hit here in Santa Barbara. Um, so we obviously have a lot of different things that are mulling over right now, and I would say the spring in 2019 is a good time to be looking out for Roaming Theater Collaborative. Yeah, and again, follow us on Facebook to stay tuned for exactly what the next project is, because there will be one in the spring. Yeah, fantastic. Cool. Thank you guys so much for putting this event on. It's been delightful. It's been Thank delightful to have you. Yes. Thank you all. Signing off. Thank you to the Roaming Theater Collaborative for having us out to the Fishbone Pescadrome to record their radio play. It's a was a fun event, and it had a lot of really interesting sort of theatrical rivulets. And best to them. Make yeah. Make more shows. Make definitely. More make more theater. Yeah. Hashtag. What are we looking forward to, Maggie? Ooh, good question. There is some stuff coming up that I have mixed feelings about. Yeah, me too. Same, same, same. You know, that's the the thrill of theater, right? That you're always walking on thin ice. (laughs) As long as we're involved, you are. So what's coming up next? The first thing that I can think of that is coming up is uh, the producing unit, uh, directed by Peter Frisch, is uh, producing a full full set play and a full production of uh, How to Transcend a Happy Marriage by Sarah Rule, which they did a reading of yeah. like six months ago. I love Sarah Rule. I do too. And I was talking to Ivy Vahanian, who we've had on the pod before this morning, actually, and she was telling me all about it. And how she's really getting to embody the character more now that it's a a full production. But we ended up having a really interesting discussion about just like the place of the female and how it's changed over time. And the idea of the play is they are discussing uh, sort of the stripping of of, of femininity that happens when you become a mother Mm. and the different societal expectations of women who are mothers versus women who are not. Uh, as well as they broached the idea of like open marriage, polyamory, uh, this sort of thing. And, yeah. uh, you know, really just talking about the, the scale of 
uh, sexuality and eroticism and how that changes as people get older and how that changes with people in community and people in couples and et cetera, et cetera. So I think it's a really timely piece that's running the last weekend in January and the first weekend in February at Center Stage. Oh, cool. And Blake Benlam is in that too. I love Friend of the Pod. I love me some Blake Benlam. He has got that voice. He does. That voice. That's every time I think of him, I'm like, that voice. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, I'm he looking forward to that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that'll be good. And I'm looking forward to Shakespeare in Love. Ooh, tell me about Shakespeare in Love. We were talking well, about all the weird gender stuff that goes on in that. Oh, yeah. Well, they have a cool new actor up there who is, um, and I'm going to blank on her name, and I'm sorry, but she is focused on Shakespeare. That's her thing. Okay. And she's playing the sort of... Uh, love interest, the main female love interest. In the that. Gwyneth Paltrow. The, <laughs> the Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> and uh, I I saw some images of the set design, and it looks like it's based on the uh, the one of these early early portraits of London that still exists. So I'm just, you know, I love an immersive London Shakespeare experience. Definitely, so I'm gonna they, schlep up there to Santa Maria and see it for sure. Oh, absolutely! They do such an excellent job with yes. their production quality. Yeah, it's always just tight. Yeah, definitely, just so tight. Uh, what else are you gonna see? I am going to go see the Launchpad production yes. of The Watsons Go to Birmingham, nineteen Birmingham, Birmingham, <laughs> Birmingham, nineteen sixty-three. The Watsons the- Go to Burning Burn- Burning Man. What? <laughs> That's a different play. <laughs> the, the, the Watsons Go to Burnham Wood. <laughs> When Burnham Wood came to Dunsinane. <laughs> when Burnham Wood came to the Watsons in 1963. I love that play. It's That's like Shakespeare. So good. It's like, you know. American history. It it's just right. really encompasses Malcolm everything. X, I love mm, it. I love it. So the Watsons go to Birmingham. Mm-hmm. 1963 mm-hmm. is uh, based on the classic sort of yeah. uh, book for, mm-hmm. it's like a young adult or like adolescent mm-hmm. book. Uh, and it is through the Launchpad production, yeah. directed by Risa Brainin. And this is interesting and sort of uh, unique for this town. It is done in conjunction with a couple of different children's theater companies. So hmm. Seattle and Chicago both have sort of yeah. theater companies that are directed at creating works that are challenging at an appropriate level for for children. So that's this, what got me hooked. Right, children's theater oh. in Minneapolis. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I saw children's theater in Minneapolis, and I was like. I was horrified. I had like trauma at the theater. It was the little match girl. Oh, God. Oh, God. Do you know that story? Oh, my God. I've also had match girl related trauma. Was it on stage or it was on not, the page? It was. See, can you imagine a real match no. girl? And for those no, of you who may horrifying. not know it, you know, she's uh, striking matches. She's oh, selling God. matches. I can't. Don't even say it. I can't even hear it. she's freezing to death. Oh, God. I know. I was like, this, I feel horrible. This is amazing. You're like, I, as a small girl, relate (laughs) to this small girl who's dying Dying. slowly. And then she dies. dies. People just walk by her. Don't even care. Um, Okay, so the Watsons go to Burning Man. (laughs) Burning Man again. (laughs) Sorry, I keep hearing it and I'm like. I really want to see the Watsons (laughs) go to Burning Man. 
So when we're talking about the play about the Watsons, they mm-hmm. are going down to Alabama, uh, not to visit grandma, but, you know, they go down because that's where she lives. And it's 1963, so mm-hmm. that's when you have the, the church bombings and a lot of civil unrest. And they're sort of, they're from Michigan. And so they come down and these young children have this very sort of frontline experience of, of what it's like to live in the South in the mm-hmm. early 60s. Wow. And I think it's going to be uh, really interesting, as I said, challenging. And it's uh, how you get your kids hooked on theater is by taking them to good stuff. Yeah, take them to good stuff young. Young. So that'll be mid-February and that'll be out at UCSB. Okay, we're seeing that. You know what movie I saw a long time ago that tripped me out so much? I'm going to say Return to Oz with the late, great Carol Channing. You know, I haven't seen that. but Oh, um, it was the most terrifying moment of my childhood. I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out there. Young Maggie Yates. Couldn't tell the difference between a goat and a sheep, but she knew that Carol Channing was terrifying. Yeah. Okay, tell me uh, yours. Poor, poor Carol. Poor Carol um, Channing. She was 97, though. She? That's like a long time to breathe air. Let's just, <laughs> let's just like take a three-second yeah. moment of silence for the late, great Carol Channing. So what movie did you see? Harvey with Jimmy Stewart. Oh, and that's coming up. It is at SBCC. That's right. Directed by Michael Gross. Tell me about that. I know that he has a bunny as a companion. Uh, he does. And only he can see the bunny. Mm. Which naturally leads other people to think that he might be a few, you know, carrots shy of a uh, horde of carrots. <laughs> <laughs> A few carrots shy of the bushel. Now, it's a giant rabbit, right? This is not like a tiny, like... He is a giant rabbit. It's not like a purse rabbit. It's like a... Yeah. Yeah. No, this isn't like a life-size rabbit. This is a human-sized rabbit. So that'll be interesting. That's a comedy. I wonder, are they gonna, you know, embody the rabbit in some way? Ooh, yeah. Is there somebody on stage in a rabbit costume? That would be interesting. We should check that out. Yeah, we'll have to see it for that. Do we know anybody who's in that? Matt Smith is in that? Matt Smith plays the psychiatrist. Oh, good. Um, And I... I'm trying to think. I feel like I know some of the other yeah, people in it, do. but we'll have to look it up. Um, it's slipping my mind. So. We, we can. We'll talk about it when it comes up. Right. And an American classic is coming to the stage. That's right. Ensemble Theater Company's first show of the new year, 2019, oh. yeah. is... Death of a Salesperson. Death of a Salesperson. In by this case, played m- by a man. M- yeah. Um, it is Arthur Miller's sort of, you know... A iconic sort play, of pivotal yeah, deal. a uh, real sort of symbol of American theater. Yeah. It is one of those things that I will say that I have never read. Oh, however, I just sort of know it based on its reputation. Oh, okay. What do you know about? I that? know that there's a salesman, <laughs> and he dies, and <laughs> and his life is terrible, mm. and it's a sort of a uphill struggle and there's like that sort of american masculinity at stake yeah Yeah. and the fact that the word death is in the title i feel like ultimately it doesn't end up too great for him so he does die tell me how did i do (laughs) grade my paper i i think that's a for never having read it that's an a plus there you go uh having read it it is a marvelously constructed play Hmm. Like Arthur Miller knows how to create a plot, to write dialogue. It's so 
you know, dovetailed. Beautiful play. Ooh, I do like that. I happen to not really care for it at Tell all. Tell me why. Well, do you remember what we said about Crucible or I said about Crucible? I know you hated that. Well, you hated it until you saw it. <laughs> I hated it until I saw it. But uh, it's because of the sort of the sort of you were yeah. making the 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 assumption that there was going to be a very like masculine sort of traditional yeah traditional like the women don't matter and that just doesn't yeah. relate now yeah or the women are the evil you know right they're the, the women problem aren't witches but they are really horrible yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it yeah. would help if we could contain them because yeah let's just burn them sexual. all yeah let's just get rid of the problem i don't like that but but i have to say pcpa did a great job taming that tiger now in death of a salesperson <laughs> i i have to say that um, what I don't like about it today is that it is tired. I just feel like it's tired. Oh, like, just like everybody bed. does it. Yeah. No, not everyone does it, but it's just like it's like the I, Romeo and Juliet of like the contemporary American arc. Like, or Romeo and Juliet is the death of a salesman. I mean, it's uh, yeah. Like, there you go. It's like just. Why we know this story? Like, well, what why? is the point that they're bringing forward that that continues okay. to be relatable to whoever's um, choosing the plays? As your English teacher in high school may have said, it's about the American dream. <laughs> you would love to know what my <laughs> English teacher in high school said to me. Oh man, I I would actually. We're not going to go there today. <laughs> We're not going to go there. Uh, it's about you know how this aging salesman is no longer able to sort of make the grade, you know, bring home the money, do do what he is meant to do by his societal programming and how his son finds out that he's betrayed kind of essence of their family uh, by cheating on his mother. Okay. And he, uh, once the son loses his respect for his father, everything falls apart. And so finally, Willie Loman feels like the best way he can contribute to his family is by giving them oh, the gift of the his, insurance Yeah, policy. his life insurance. That's right. Right. Oh, man, um, that's dark. It is dark. Yeah, it is dark. It's like it, it illuminates how the masculinity in america is really boiled down to what can you bring home yeah how much are you worth in terms of right. like a monetary right so he doesn't die so much when he dies he dies when he fails to bring home a paycheck right when all of a sudden his worth in a monetary value as set by an insurance company right. is greater than his worth as a living person right Right. So in that I got to say I do think that that is very relevant to the time today. Why do you dislike it? Uh I I think I said I thought it was a beautifully constructed play mm -hmm. and I stand you did. by that. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't really care to see it because I've I've explored Willie Loman's Got it. life story many times, many ways. Like sure. since birth, I feel like I've been exposed to that American male tragedy. Yeah, you're right. It is pretty, even if it's not the life insurance thing, that yeah. even if that's not the boondoggle or like the red herring, like right. it, there's always something. I mean, you're right. It is a very, it's like, just a very like male centric, like tragic white male story. 
and like, oh God, you know, and it's also really deeply about the relationship between men and their sons. Okay. Another, it just feels kind of dated to me. Like I read it in high school and it wasn't in high school that recently. (laughs) My friend. I know Shakespeare's old too. It's not about age really. It's just that I know that story. I'm done with that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, If I want to explore that story, I want to um, experience like David Mamet and his Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. Now there's a play. That, oh man, that is intense. Hmm. Or like American Psycho, the musical, which was just on Broadway within the past couple of years. Now I haven't made it to Broadway. Tell me. So it's by, you know, American Psycho, the novel by Brett Easton Ellis. Mm-hmm. It was then made into a film with uh, Christian Bale as the American Psycho. And now it is a contemporary musical. And I didn't see it on Broadway either, but I have heard from people who did that it was incredible. But essentially, the whole idea is that it's this high strata, wealth, 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 yeah. 80s cocaine designers and his entire sort of psyche is wrapped up in in what he can produce in this like sort of coke fueled money fueled mm. 80s system but it throws him over the edge a little bit and he starts murdering people it just kills everyone he just kills oh. women okay oh killing women that's yeah. the answer to everything isn't it <laughs> why why is that always the but- okay here's what i want to see i want to see a death of a salesperson but it's a woman and she is a she is a, a high value escort really no i want to see it and and she's an immigrant manicurist oh and she like can't do nails anymore because of arthritis oh there you go (laughs) see i was going for the whole like she can't turn tricks anymore because she's like over 40 and people don't want her anymore yeah i don't think that's how it works i think you're dead by 40 if you're an escort oh man yeah that's dark i don't think you see 40 okay so she's a manicurist anyway no i'm not gonna write that play i'm not gonna write (laughs) we're not gonna go there that's not our story i'm not writing any play that has its foundation in death of a salesperson (laughs) okay okay that's fair that's fair (laughs) we'll just throw it out we'll throw it out i'm still gonna go see it because i haven't read it it yet and i feel like i need to experience it. it's like how after the 2016 election the journalists kept talking to like white factory workers men in a bar it's like no that is not america like willie loman is not america yeah but in glenn gary glenn ross there i recognize what uh mamet called the con america it was always a con you know see that is always about something for nothing it was always about that. That's kind of like a higher level of sophistication because we're just saying that all of America is the con versus Willie Loman, who has bought into what Mamet calls the con. Oh, right? That's it's true. sort of like a more it's it's a it's a larger view of the American universe. Or as Aristotle used to say, <laughs> Willie Loman also never has a moment of understanding. Aristotle used to that. say that. Yeah, he talked about Willie Loman so much. I was like, oh, but that was like as opposed to Oedipus which is a good play. I mean, or, you know, so Willie Loman's problem is that he does not get what's happening to him. That's frustrating because I feel like the audience, the savvy audience does. Yeah, and I mean, people like it. I'm sure that Ensemble do a great job and it'll be really nice and, and a They're great They're apparently evening. incorporating live music, which is like sort of an interesting new oh, yeah. nuance to it that yeah, makes hmm. it unique. Definitely, and and 
you know, it'll be, it's a great play. And, and probably if I wasn't a jaded academic, mm. I, if I wasn't a jaded academic, I probably would be like, oh, let's go see Death of a Salesperson. <laughs> Well, no, I think that you're right. I think that there is, there's sort of like these maybe 100 plays that I think that if the layperson saw, they would really get, they would be like, I understand or have a a fairly broad understanding of like theater and how the art form works. I think that when you see 100 plays a year, like we do, it, it becomes a little different, you know, because it's like, okay, well, we saw this 18 times. And yeah. while this may be interesting for these reasons, it's still not a unique piece. Right. Exactly. So um, I think it's good that they're doing it. People about, want to see it. But yeah, it's a but, classic. But yeah, it's yeah, it has its problems. It does for today. It just feels a little like creek, creek, you yeah, know, yeah, too. Yeah. Like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Like how many times are we going to play Freebird? So many times. So <laughs> but I am looking forward to the wolves, which I know <gasps> is a little bit later. We got to do a whole pod on that. We're doing a whole pod on that. We're going to do it because and I cannot wait for the wolves. I know. I've seen photos of the young women who are acting, like learning how to play soccer. And this and is at PCPA. In Santa Maria. So you have to get in your car. Yep. But guess what? If you go to Santa Maria, um, Cover your ears, Maggie, for your vegetarian. Oh, no. No, no, no. Tri-tip. The Santa Maria tri-tip is the bomb.com. <laughs> well, I'm excited for the show, but not the tri-tip. I'm not going yeah. to lie. Well, how about Joanne's fabrics? <laughs> oh, I, do, I always get excited for some fabric. <laughs> you know. I can always can, use some brick and brack You can close your eyes while, while I eat the tri-tip. That's going to be a weird Instagram photo. You eating tri-tip and me with my eyes closed. (laughs) I like it. We won't do that. No, let's not. (laughs) But it'll be fun. All right. So it looks like we got a good spring coming up. Yay. Yay. All right. The end, Maggie. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Merci bien, <laughs> ma belle. Mucho gracias. <laughs> in, in Norwegian, you can't even say thank you. You have to say, don't say anything. <laughs> that's <laughs> don't that's, don't. That's creepy. You have to say stop talking. <laughs> stop talking about that. <laughs> I think we should incorporate that. Neither that should be our that should be our sign up. Yeah. Stop talking, Anna. Stop. Maggie. Nine.